practice is to be okay feeling good, feeling bad. Mm. Mm. And I want to just say feeling good and feeling bad are simply cognitive labels that have been conditioned mm. into our awareness of judgments. And so my work, my personal work, especially in the last three years, has been to sit with everything as it came up mm. and to be with it without judgment, without making it wrong. There wasn't a lot that I could make right. And that's not true. There is. But it, my attention always went to what was like pain. How can I stay with the pain and be okay with it? Yeah. Right? And my formula, pain times resistance equals suffering. Yes, yes, yes. Pain times, pain times loving presence equals freedom. Welcome back to Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus. This is Mary. It's January 2023, and I've been wanting to have this discussion and share it with you with these two women, Dr. Erin Sepik and Diana Lockett, who are just dear souls in my life that um, I wanted to talk to them about, like, what are we laying down and what are we cultivating this year? And they came on, we had a lovely conversation as if we were like laying on these comfy sofas with a cup of tea. <laughs> it was just so beautiful to be in their presence. They just make me want to be a better person, um, how they're evolving and growing and learning and sharing um, really like the divine feminine that we really are stepping into at this point in time. So it's a delicious conversation that goes many places i think you'll find lots of nuggets that are helpful in the sense of allowing in the sense of allowing us the space to discover to be pulled to um, find our alignment and nurture that <laughs> i talk a little bit about all the characters that live within us and how we need to realize where those voices are coming from and what they represent and how our current self needs to, um, I don't know, let them know we're okay, how we nurture those parts of ourselves we want to push away. Um, and both Diana and Erin have incredible thoughts and services and views they provide. So um, get comfy. It's a long episode, so take your time getting through it because we had some nice conversations. So here we go. Let's get to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to this episode of Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus. I've been looking really forward to this conversation with these lovely ladies today. Um, I have Diana Lockett and Aaron, Dr. Aaron Sepik on with me today. Welcome both of you. Thank you Thank so you. much for having us. Both Aaron and uh, Diana have graced us with their presence on this podcast a couple of times. Um, I'm going to read a little bit about each of them, but I also just want to share Diana was on an episode called Radical Responsibility in 2022. So go back and check that out. We're sort of renumbering the podcast. We had done it by seasons and by um, instead of just 
numbering one to whatever this one is. And we're in the midst of redoing that because I think it's been confusing to say season two, episode 12. So I'm not going to give a number because we're renumbering it as we speak. Um, so, but Diana's is radical responsibility. And then Aaron came on not too long ago in 2022 and talked about maintaining self-compassion and um, also was in the healer series, which was, I think our 20, our summer series, um, two summers ago. So that would have been 2021. So check those out if you want to know more about them um, after we talk today. Um, but let me just tell you a little bit about who they are. I just got that like episode of the dating game in my like, dun, 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 you know, do you know, remember that show? <laughs> Contest number one. I mean, it's, it's a gift for me to have, like, I don't always have several people on the podcast. So this is really fun uh, for me and we'll see how it goes. And it's, uh, I think you'll all enjoy it too. Uh, but anyway, um, Aaron is, Dr. Aaron Sepik is a Canadian born University of Vermont graduate who obtained her doctor of chiropractic degree in the beautiful Finger Lakes at New York Chiropractic College. She's been practicing in Vermont since 2005 as she fell in love with it as an undergrad at UVM. Erin's um, mission is to connect people with the next steps on their path by helping to identify and clear old limiting beliefs, stories, and energy from their space so they can empower to create from wholeness and step into the lives they came here to live. And there's a whole lot more to what she <laughs> gifts she has. And maybe I'll have um, her expand on that because I know she's really growing her practice and her offerings. Um, Diana is a visionary, conscious communication leader consultant who helps leaders and speakers to communicate with confidence and clarity and build relationships that are rooted in trust, collaboration, and cooperation. Her transformational coaching, training, and speaking uses her superpower of creating safe and unconditional spaces to invite individuals and groups to compassionately experience and express all parts of themselves through a lens of loving acceptance, inner wisdom, and relaxation. It is in these states that one can access inspired action and recognize that they are real, that they can realign to thrive. Hmm, that sounds pretty yummy. <laughs> You're both doing so much that sounds so beautiful and also why I am so honored and really to be sharing this space with you today so thank you thank you do either of you want to add anything to the, your little bios that I shared does that feel like a good summary for now I think for me it's a good summary where I'm being taken to is very much in the mental health well-being leadership space so I'll speak to that at some point okay and I also wanted to add um that this title of 2022's podcast, Radical Responsibility, still sounds very relevant for me today. So thank mm. you for that reminder. Mm. Nice. That is so great. I think, um, yeah, I'm probably going to go back and rewrite mine, not because it isn't accurate, but because it's it's a really powerful to say, you know, the same way that saying I am anything followed by anything, to mm. say I'm a Canadian-born XYZ it's mm. just like, a, you know, it's just like, sometimes it's just easier for people if you just, you know, there's a little box, there's a little, this is where you came from, as opposed to what you do necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just got me thinking your intro just reminded me, I'm like, that whole, that whole definition thing is, 
like it's it's neat to see how um you know how much water that can hold for different people in different contexts mm -hmm. and has me reflecting on that in general yeah i'd be happy to help you with that aaron right <laughs> we can sit down have a cup of tea and we can we can right. brainstorm yeah okay. yeah i love that mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, we're always changing and expanding any, well, we hope anyway, right? And so, and I know, Erin, your your journey has shifted and changed a lot in the last few years. Um, it's more of your energy work. Um, mm -hmm. Is that how you sort of describe what you do? Uh, sure, yeah. That's yeah. Nice nutshell. Yeah. 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 So today, so I reached out to these guys after I had actually heard a, an episode of Glennon Doyle's on her, we can do hard things. And they were talking about not resolutions, but like, what, what are we laying down and what are we inviting in? Because who likes the word resolution anyway? And I'm not even really sure what that means. <laughs> um, but I like the idea of what, what, do, you know, what's called for now, like what no longer belongs, um, yeah, so I reached out to to um, Aaron and Diana and just said, do you want to come and talk about like what we want to lay down and what we want to invite in and have a conversation around that? So that's what's I'm a paid here today. I'm a paid talker, so I always say yes to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's we're still in the first month of 2023. And astrologically, I'm told it's kind of we're supposed to slowly emerge into this new year. So I thought this is just perfect. We're we're just um, coming together. We didn't blast out in the new year. But, you know, I think we're all very thoughtful souls and we want to move through the world with intention. Um, and so here we are. And For sure. it sounds yeah. like the year to get going on a bunch of levels and I just felt really reassured this weekend with the Chinese New Year and all the astrology and the new moon and so many different threads and media pieces that were all like this is actually the new year it was like the 22nd or whatever and I was like oh that's why I feel slow to get going because normally I have this wave of motivation right yeah. on December 1st and this year I didn't get it I remember mm. thinking Spectacle is broken. What's happening? I just feel like holding still and being deep and being gentle and being dark and and just this just aligned and I was like, okay, I I can I can start moving this needle now. Everything yeah. just feels aligned again. Just like me, I felt yeah, the same I, thing where I have clarity, but I don't have an urgency like I have in past years. Um, and I think there's a rooting of trust and patience and just a really deep knowing that the evolution is going to happen as it happens. And I don't have to manipulate it, control it, or try to make it be anything different than it's needing to be or that it's coming through as. Mm -hmm. So I love that. Uh, I love being in your presence because I just, I find myself relaxing mm -hmm. and being okay in that space. And I would love listeners to to know that they're okay wherever they are as well. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a really nice lead into um, what I have been thinking about um, this year in that sense. Well, trust was actually a word that I have come up. I even changed my password to trust it. <laughs> um, whatever it is. You're going to delete that though, right? I'm going to delete told it. everybody your passport. <laughs> well, they don't know what is a password too. Um, but yeah, so definitely like trying to embrace trust. And, and what I've really been thinking about is um, 
is how to um, not think that I really need to be pushing for answers, but maybe be just asking the right questions, right? And what would that feel like to just ask the question? And so I'll put this in a little context. I, um, you know, I've been thinking, like I think a lot about um, my journey, right? And I think about what I've been through and anyone that's listened to the podcast for any amount of time knows that I have a daughter that struggles with substance use disorder and have her four children I've been raising for the last 10 years. And three of them are teenagers now, which is when the difficult part of our journey began. And so I find myself sort of at the doorstep of kids that are beginning to be curious, that are kids that are struggling a little with mental health, not just because of their journey, but because of the journey we've all been on the last few years, right? And so um, as this, it it causes a little panic in me, right? Especially because I have fear, you know, based on what's occurred. And I think, oh my gosh, I could do everything right, whatever that is, uh, with them, but show up as the best version of myself. And the bottom could still drop out, right? And that's true with all of us in many, many aspects of our life, right? As we learn over time, we don't really have that much control, right? And that's what I learned like on that fall night in, I don't know, October, whatever year that was. (laughs) Um, And so what I've been really thinking about is is this internal struggle a little bit around like this chase for the answers or the right connection to get them to safety, right? Anybody in my life that's struggling. And so it brought me to, and I happened to hear a little bit about internal family systems recently, and I haven't studied that myself. I honestly thought internal family systems was about your family and how it, the system of your physical family worked. I didn't realize it was all these voices that live in my head. And so I began to think about that. And I thought about, um, you know, the ta- a table with me, capital S for myself at the head of the table, right? My 57 year old self who has a, a lot of resources, has done a lot of learning and a lot of vulnerability and moving through a lot of difficult things. And I, I have some pretty good tools. Um, and I built, you know, some a really solid grounding in my life. But I also have the 16-year-old voice in my head who didn't wasn't able to speak up for herself, right? Who didn't know um, how to not just um, go along and do what she thought other people needed, right? And that's my self that I feel like is um, couldn't be heard, right? Um, And then I have, let's see if this all comes together for me as I was thinking about it. And then I have my, um, you know, 26 year old self with a couple little girls that thought that if I couldn't get the girls to like, do the right things, then I wasn't being a good mother, right? If they weren't the ones that would just jump right in when you got to the party, or want to do all the things that I felt would help make them successful or whatever, um, then that was me just like terrified that they were going to get hurt in some way, right? So that's that self that um, I actually wrote a little of this down, because I think it's, uh, I hope some people can identify. So that's like myself of um, being afraid of not doing the right thing, right? Whenever my kids struggled. 
And then there was like the, my, my professional self, right. Who learned how to show up in an academic center that was mostly men and how to like abandon myself to, to not even show that I had a whole family outside of my professional career. Right. I didn't have a sick child that I, I wanted to speak up and say, I need to stay home because right. So I abandoned myself to show up and, you know, and be successful there. Right. So that was that like, um, idea that I, um, yeah, I had to, I couldn't be fully seen. Right. So I just realized these are all characters that are me and sitting at my table, right. That are driving me at times to this panic. Right. But I have to sort of remember that I'm like my current day self that like can, does know how to speak up for herself. Right. I am the mother that does know how to help my kids become who they are and not who I think they should be, or I think the world thinks they should be. Right. And I am the professional that can align with who I am and show up that way fully. Right. And so I, I'm, I'm sharing all this because these are still characters, though, that really try to get my time and attention. And um, and so I thought, well, what if instead of chasing for the answers, I just used this intelligent, mature, evolved self to begin to ask the right questions? Right. Like, what does um, I don't know. How does it like, how does it feel to um, allow yourself to just wander in that space of not knowing and let other people step up fully to their knowing? Mm. Hmm. Is that? I love that. I yeah. love that. And I love that you're doing family systems work. It's part of what I incorporated in my business as well, yeah. where we identify the parts of ourselves. I've been doing shadow work for like t- almost 20 years now. And, you know, I'm, um, I have some really strong parts of me that come up often and I, my work is to integrate them, which was my word for 2022. How do I integrate all parts of myself? Just like Mm -hmm. you, Mary, Mm -hmm. I had the professional hat and she was so competent and confident. And then I have this other part of me. That's a little girl that just wants to be loved Mm -hmm. and and has, and has experienced so much rejection in her life, Mm -hmm. so much abandonment in her life, so much neglect in her life that she can easily come out on the playground of any relationship and Mm -hmm. be grasping for something. And so I have to remember that as the mature self that I am with the tools that I have, I have the capacity to self-regulate her, to give her what she needs to love the crap out of her. And sometimes it doesn't happen fast enough. Sometimes it's after the fact that that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I share a quick story about that? Of course. I won't give too many details, but literally just a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream I usually meditate in the morning. I meditate in bed. I've been meditating for, you know, many decades now. And I don't believe that you have to have a particular posture to meditate. You meditate where you can be most comfortable and relaxed. And I always stay awake when I meditate. It's early in the morning. It's the way that I start my day gently. And this one day I fell asleep and um, which is so unusual. And I had a dream. And in that dream, somebody that means so much to me, who's abandoned me, has was in the dream with me. And in the dream, I reached out for a hug and he pushed me away and walked away. And I saw my little girl, like my six-year-old in my dream, run after him for Mm -hmm. love and attention. Mm -hmm. And my adult self in my dream went and held her hand and brought her back to the couch and held her and rocked her and loved her. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and that dream was so vivid. So like I had just lived it. 
Not an hour later, I got an email from the same person who normally would have sent me spiraling for the day, incapable of working, trying to repair, making it my fault. What can I do? How can I make this better? How can I make this person see a different way, like wanting to change and fix it? And instead, this dream was so present. I sat in my bed, went back to bed, snuggled under my heavy, heavy, heavy weighted blanket and just held myself like hands to my heart breathing and holding that little girl and so I don't I just want to emphasize this work that you're you're talking about the family systems work of recognizing the parts of us that sometimes can be literally in the driver's seat of our lives and yet there's a different way of engaging with them where we can love them acknowledge them be with them and still be in our spiritual and um, emotional maturity mm-hmm. to not let them drive us off the road yes right? yes It was, I think I came to that realization this weekend that, um, you know, that, that, that instead of loving those parts of myself, I was like pushing them away instead of like saying, Hey, you know, kind of like, Hey, what do you, what do you need? You know, what do you need? And inviting them to be present, but also letting them know that I'm okay. Like, you don't, you know what I, you can rest. <laughs> it's very, it's very powerful. It was very powerful for me. It's like, it's not that I haven't done some, you know, work to understand those parts of myself, but I don't, it's one thing to identify them. And it's another thing to bring them in and hold them close and um, yeah, let them be there, but not, you know, not be heading the show for sure. Um, And the risk of not doing that is we then project those little parts of ourselves into the world and we create meaning from those parts of ourselves that are so immature and young and, and it judges everybody and oneself. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so grateful that we're talking about this because it's important work. It is. I mean, you, you probably all know like some really accomplished women that really struggle in relationships even, right. I think about that, um, like of, of total different side of themselves than the confidence that you see. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm saying women, I'm sure there's men too, but I'm just thinking of a couple friends of mine and, you know, you have to wonder like where this is, you know, how powerful this could be for them, but yeah. So that's That's a, yeah. Did you have something, Aaron, you wanted to add? I, I love that. Um, Yeah. I've been geeking out with Dr. Becky and Glennon recently. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Just like, it's not work that I've ever done in like any kind of a clinical setting, but, but I love being able to really see those. Cause in my work, we, we call them perfect pictures or perfect stories. And it's like, it's almost like that shadow, all of the shadow work is like looking at like perfection is a myth, Like that doesn't even, what you know, mm. what parts of you need, what aspects of you and how do you meet those needs so that you can show up as a whole person without mm-hmm. shame and guilt and, terror that shows up in the absence of perfection because it's all an illusion so yeah Mm -hmm. it was just seeing all of those different pieces and how you can I love how you're talking about how we can engage with those verbally and then you know emotionally Mm -hmm. guys it's such a potent and and really effective in not that much time like you just oh what part of me oh how old am I right now Uh, ah When yeah. was this familiar? Right. Right. Yeah. And what is that? What does that little one need from me? Yeah. Right now? Because yeah. I am the parent right now. I get to reparent. Yeah. yeah. Reparenting yes. is like 
the the word I think in my mind that I see when I when somebody brings up IFS is like like reparenting is it's such a kind of clinical term, but it's for me it's the umbrella of the whole deal like how mm -hmm. you show self. I love that. I love and that. Comes as, kind of takes us back to that radical responsibility talk that we had. I can't even remember what we talked about, but just the title, radical responsibility. You know, this isn't for everybody. But it's for everybody who wants to reclaim their wholeness, because wholeness is your birthright. And throughout life, parts of us have been severed and disowned and hidden and made wrong. And so this is such an incredible opportunity that should you wish to accept the invitation, you can step into that radical self-responsibility and say, I accept all of me. I love all of me. I welcome home all of me. And I will be the parent for all parts of me that maybe don't know how to self-regulate in this moment or how to self-monitor or how to relate in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is our really wholeness that, you know, we, we can wrap our arms around that and just bring the gentleness into that. Um, and to me, that's not, that's not racing to the finish line and trying to get it all nicely in a box with a bow, which never happens anyway. <laughs> but I still keep thinking it might be able to, because it's a habit that just is in me, even though intellectually I know and have learned. Um, so yeah, befriending these parts of myself to say, hey, you know what, let's just, how does it feel to just maybe take a bath? You know, how does it feel to maybe just take your kid to see their primary care and let them have the conversation, <laughs> like just, um, you know, reaching for me, it's also like allowing myself to reach out and accept help too. Yeah, absolutely. That's mm -hmm. so key to be able to ask for help and to, like you said, accept or receive help. Yeah. Yeah. Worthy. yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, it's not. That's the other thing. It's like, even I'm asking the question and listening to the answer and not having to bring it to some solution, but just saying, okay, you know, that's, that's enough for now. Yeah. Interesting My, grace and trusting the universe has your back, you know, yeah. or not, or just like letting yourself sort of be in there. So that's kind of like what I'm trying to embrace in this year as things already have like kind of whew, gotten really shifty, really fast um, in my life. It's like, how do I ask the right questions and allow myself to hang in that space of not knowing? Mm, yeah. In um, in Shaivism, Tantra Shaivism that I study and teach, we talk a lot about the void and how can we be in the void and see the divine spaciousness that's infinite in that void, and in that void is fullness. And it's such a practice. It's just it's a it's a daily practice to be willing to say, yes, I'm going to sit in this uncertainty. I'm going to sit in this discomfort. I'm going to be in the unknowing. I don't have to push through life. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to control. It's super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I choose this. Mm -hmm. and so I love that that's what you're doing. And it takes trust. Absolutely. It takes trust because many of us haven't had that model. We mm -hmm. haven't been shown the imprints are not in us on how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I love that we get to talk about it together and hopefully people will listen and get curious about where, where is that void and how do I tap into it? And how do I recognize that in that void, I am so incredibly full and complete, you know, mm -hmm. in yoga, we call it pranatha. My wholeness is my birthright and it comes from being willing to sit with it all. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you too, Mary. I see so many people because I'm in the personal development world and the leadership world. I see so many people 
you know, the cameras are on and they're one way and it's bright and it's pretty and it's, it's, it's managed so beautifully. And then when the cameras turn off, there's a whole different reality that's playing out there. And that's the severing that we're talking about is that there's, there's a separation and there's, and people say, they come to me and they say, I don't feel, I don't feel happy. I don't feel, I, I feel stuck. I don't, I don't know what's missing in my life. And it's parts of you that have been literally cut off. Yeah. When I was 32, my book is coming out this year, guys. It's in the Ooh. editor's hands right now. Yeah. Oh, yay. For those of you who don't know, we've all been contributing writers in compilation book, Ignite Your Wisdom, right? Right. Yes. We all wrote in that book together, which is where we met. My solo book's been in the work for seven years. And one of the stories that really got me going, started on my personal development journey back in around um, 2000, was... A friend of mine's husband said to his wife, and she was my daughter's caregiver. He said to his wife, Diana's such a great person. She's so accomplished. She's so professional. She's so organized. But she's an ice queen. Hmm. And I looked at her and I said, holy crap, where is he right? Thankfully, because that started my personal and spiritual development journey Hmm. of why do I have to protect my heart so much? And that's, that's a shadow piece of me or, or a disowned part of me that I constantly have to nurture yeah. is that heart, the open heart and give her permission to close consciously when she does need to protect, because sometimes it hurts. The pain is too big. Mm-hmm. So I do protect and then I reopen and it's just this pulsation. It's like the sponda of life. Oh, I love that. Totally. I, I mean, also- I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm just saying that I, I, I do believe there, um, there is a time, like I talk about it as armoring up and, um, you know, I, I think at first I thought, well, I, I need to like, just keep my heart open, but it's not, it's, I love how you describe it as a pulsating thing because there's a time and a place for all of it. Right. Yeah. yeah I was thinking about the, um, the feminine and masculine in that, in the, the tendency of women when they're in protection to hyper-function and perfect and mm-hmm. perform and and how it's the that discomfort of that softening and being and being in reception it's so uncomfortable when we're <laughs> sort of like doing that but I love that pulse what isn't there like a sea animal that does some of that I guess I it, think yeah so. it's probably yeah um, what is the an sea animal? Octopus? It's an the octopus op- is what I'm seeing yeah. so uh, I also think of the seahorse, the way the seahorse has a pulsation to it as well, but it changes colors. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? They like disappear. They disappear. They totally disappear. And then they come back in this greater vibrancy. And Mm -hmm. that's us too. We have that potential inside Mm -hmm. of us. And sometimes the disappearance, you know, that's, that's the cocooning. That's the going in. That's the self-nurturance. That's the that's the sitting with that wounded heart and little one who has the wounded heart and being able to say, I, I, I'm, I'm going to hold the space here and I will open up back into the world when I have self-resourced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's healthy habits that we can create all along. And um, it's a daily contemplation for me. I don't know about you guys, but I, you know, every day it's like, how's my heart doing today? What does my heart need today? And my heart could be all those parts of myself, right? All the various selves. And, um, and I give that to myself. And mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, I've some posts have come around that I've been sharing that sometimes it looks like I'm doing an awful lot of nothing. 
<laughs> but there's a lot going on in that nothingness, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, that's like, um, that's integration, right? When you just let all of all of life settle, and it looks yeah. like one is doing nothing. And it's like, can we be okay doing nothing? And coming back to what you said, Aaron, like the toxic feminine cannot be okay doing nothing. There's always something to be done. And why isn't everybody else running with me? And my work has been to do less, for mm. sure. Absolutely. You just said something, used a term, Diana, in the last beginning of this last paragraph here that I wanted to tie together with um, what came up with me around uh, radical responsibility. And I'll remember it, but it was, it was around that. um, One of the things that I am, and I don't know if you want to round table this Mary or do the trio with each of us in order, but um, is sort of that effort in general. And one of the things that I still need to work on regularly is the trigger of when people like my understanding of radical responsibility that that taking responsibility for our own states and not for what happened to us or for what whatever decision we made it's it's from here and now from this integrated whole place in the void our choice moving forward how to be you know our empowered whole selves is what responsibility is for me and my trigger is when people put their power outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else did this or this happened or, you know, even to some degree, right? The bottom is going to get dropped out because fear begets control. Control doesn't work. It's never going to, you know, it's all an illusion. <laughs> so all of that is true. And we always are self-responsible around how we get to choose and continue and people who, like you said, Diana, it's not for everybody, radical responsibility. Um, but that used to be one of my triggers when when I could see someone put their power right outside the whole, not just the nucleus, but like the cell of their reality. It's like outside the cell wall. Like there's nothing I can do about this. That used to really, I was like, oh, not in a judgment way, in a, oh my God, there's so much healing and integration. If you can just like, just grab that and draw it just into the cell membrane. Just let it sit there and marinate for a second. Like maybe that used to be a real thing for me. It used to create a lot of tension in my body, especially with people that I love or that are very close to me when you see them suffering um, or constantly disempowering themselves. Um, So it's really interesting to sort of look at that. And as you guys were speaking, I was, (laughs) I need to work on this dichotomy thing, but the the smooth duality of the feminine and masculine i think with diana's void and mary all of your mindfulness and all of our centered grounded sort of paradigms i love how i think denzel washington said this in a way that really hit me once um when we're in the world and and doing things um he said don't confuse movement with progress and at the time I was moving my butt off and didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. <laughs> and I just had to stop because I felt like somebody just like hit me and like, it's like, oh, that's really appropriate. For me, my lived experience is that when I step into the feminine, when I take a breath and center myself and from that void, from that integrated place, from that feminine beingness, I can reorient 
decide how's my tank? How's my heart? Like, how's my fuel level? A, B, what are my priorities? Because I can see clearly from centered in the moment, self-responsible. And then I put my energy towards actual progress when I feel like it, when it's aligned, when I get the green light. But I, I'm not, you know, there's so much of this programming around hyper-functioning and constantly being worthy and all these perfect stories that we end up, we're just busy all the time. Mm -hmm. Something else, I think James. Justify it and we think yes. it's okay. And I'm watching you speak, Erin, and I don't know if this is going to be a video for anybody on YouTube or not, but Erin's hands are constantly pulsing from her body to her mind. And it just shows like this duality and conflict that we have in our world where, you know, we have 70,000 thoughts a day. And as silly humans, we believe them yeah. and they start running our life. Can I give a quick example of that exact conversation, Aaron, that I had last week with my son? He's 16. He came home one day. I was working at home. He opens the door unexpectedly, middle of the day, walks into the house. I said, what are you doing home, bud? He said, I got mad because I was in math class. I was sitting down. I got up for a second. Someone took my seat and I just got mad. I left and went home. I said, oh, so you gave away your power to someone else. You let someone else determine what your actions were going to be, how you're going to feel in that moment, and how it was going to carry home with you all this time. And he looked at me thinking I was going to have tons of compassion and empathy. He looked at me and said, oh, crap. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows I'm right. Yeah. We do it all the time. And it's called the blame game, right? And then, yeah. and, and, you know, you said not, it's not for everybody to be radically responsible. It truly is available for everybody. It and is, yeah. it takes work and it takes, it takes and being courage. willing to look and courage. Yeah. I get the shortcut. I think what got me into this was the shortcut of my intellectual like dependence on efficiency. Once I realized <laughs> there was no way to get to B from A without doing that, mm -hmm. I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I might as well. So it had a lot more to do with my my intellectual crutch than it did my courage originally, but I eventually found that along the way. I love that story. That's so great. And it's because you were able to deliver that message with compassion and clarity that he was able to be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> Whatever blame could have been present. That's so beautiful. Thanks and for giving that example. I was sort of like wanting that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I'll, I will, I mean, I can kind of relate it um, and may, let me know if I'm in alignment with what you're sharing, Aaron, but we were, well, we were going to record this interview a week ago. And then I had um, a situation come up in my family that um, I kind of had to back out really quickly. And it, it did take my energy outside of myself, right, to that. Um, and I'm just going to share Aaron actually offered and did like a 15 minute little session with me over the phone, which was so beautiful, but it really was about grounding myself and calling my energy back. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, is this the same thing you're talking about? Like that, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't in a place of blame at that point about anything. I was just like, it, oh, but, yeah. but the circumstances that happen in the world around us are always pulling us outside of ourselves and having yeah. the tools that I think all of us, all three of us teach um, for grounding yourself and pulling back your energy um, is one way to be with the external world and stay aligned with who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and in that situation, perhaps your son allowed the external world to dictate um his presence, right? 
I think you're right. And I love the I love the languaging that you're you're both using about calling your energy back in. You know, we can all visualize that the energy literally being sucked out of us. And then you yep. get to see like, what does it feel like when that happens? And it's mm-hmm. usually frazzled and ungrounded and uncomfortable and whatever other labels come up for that. And when you can call your energy back in, you can feel that you're center. Yeah. Again, it's self-resourcing. What do you need to get there? Like you thankfully had Aaron as a friend. What do you need to get there? Sometimes we have to call those lifelines. Yeah. I mean, I kudos to me because she offered and I was like, oh, no, I'm good. And then I'm like, well, my goodness, she offered. Just accept it. You know, and so that's that's one of my practices for this year, too. And and even just then you pose the question, uh, Diana, like, what does that feel like? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, you're living I, out the words that I'm hoping to continue to manifest this year. And I want to say it doesn't always feel good. No, I wanted to talk about the discomfort. It feels good. And so sometimes like my practice is to be OK, feeling good, feeling bad. Mm. Mm. And I want to just say feeling good and feeling bad are simply cognitive labels that have been conditioned Mm. into our awareness of judgments. And so my work, my personal work, especially in the last three years, has been to sit with everything as it came up Mm. and to be with it without judgment, without making it wrong. There wasn't a lot that I could make right. And that's not true. There is. But my attention always went to what was like pain. How can I stay with the pain and be okay with it? Yeah. Right. And my formula pain times resistance equals suffering. Yes, yes, yes. Pain times, pain times loving presence equals freedom. Mm. And so it was like a daily practice of consciously bringing loving presence to what was for me, it was heart pain. It was a lot of grief healing Yeah, and, and staying there. And, um, you know, not all day and all week and all year, because that's, that's called depression. And I didn't want to do that. But taking little micro doses of bringing awareness and presence and calling in that energy that wanted to be healed, that was ready to be healed. And by the way, I didn't go looking for it. It found me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I knew it was there, but I didn't have to go looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And simply being with it until it was like a wave that just kind of moved. And then I could go back to whatever life needed me to do in those moments. Mm. And this is, I think, a really important message for all of us. I want to say women, because I'm just so called into the women's space too. But so important to take the time to nurture the parts of ourselves that aren't feeling good instead of trying to mask or numb them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't feel what you can't feel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got it. The transmuting is so it's not possible in resistance. Like yeah. we so we have to be able to, yeah. Be, what, what do they call it in the Marines? Embrace the suck. That's, that's what they say. <laughs> I love that. Embrace the suck. Yeah. Make sure it's the right kind of suck though, right? Like that's <laughs> true. the right kind of It has art. to be yours. It has yeah. to be authentic. It has to be like, you know, I always think that the, the one the word that comes up for me when Diana when you're talking about being you know out with the one more sort of disengaged uh is frenetic because I find mm-hmm. a lot of people when we're not centered we're just I I must not be solving enough problems for enough people quick enough right so we just go into this like monkey thing um so that freneticism uh it, which of course is way more impactful or programmed anyway for women uh particularly mothers so 
um, there are a lot of the people that I support in my practice and my practices. Um, and it's very interesting how um, that that sort of movement as we as we are able to be really compassionate and hold not tension, but like you said, the, the embrace. Um, it's amazing how quick that transmutation can happen. Mm. Um, I finally got around to, did you guys ever see that Christmas animated feature called Klaus? Did yes, I did. I finally watched it this December. Yeah. I had a great time, whole movie. I'm all by myself. And at the end, the very last line, I like didn't see it coming. Don't I tell me because I haven't watched. seen it. It's great. I'm not going to tell you what the line is. I'm, I'm it, writing it down. It, it hit me. And I, out of nowhere, right? It wasn't, I didn't go looking for it. It just found me. I had this whole like grief process mm. and it was based on a beautiful friendship. It wasn't based on like, mm -hmm. like it was, I was like, where did this come from? Whatever. And I just went with it and let it flow. And and later I felt like I just had a, you know, a month of therapy or whatever. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I can come back and I can be, whew. and I, of course I'll watch Klaus too, maybe next year, but I wasn't going to watch it this year. It's, just, it's so interesting how that, that, that holding and that unconditionally loving piece is just such a, an essential ingredient to so much of the work. Mm -hmm. that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But resistance, like anywhere that there's resistance, I'm always like, they're the same. Resistance and suffering are the same thing in my brain. <laughs> Just, mm -hmm. Like yeah. you add pain in there. I mean, enough resistance, you're going to end up with pain anyway. But I love, I love your formulas, Diana. That is so like, it, mm -hmm. my left brain loves that. That is extraordinarily palatable. Mm -hmm. What did you say? Pain plus resistance. Pain equals times resistance equals pain. suffering. Pain yeah. times loving presence equals freedom. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, I think if we can just accept and, you know, I try to, I think I tried to protect my first round of kids from discomfort or pain. I thought that was my job. And uh, now I know it's just to normalize. This is part of being human, a big part of it that everyone experiences. And then maybe the resistance is not so great. Mm -hmm. As a mom, I hear that too. I, I feel that I can relate to that too, yeah. because you know, I've gone through a lot of transitions in the last three years and my son's gone through everything I've gone through. Mm. And there's a part of me that just wants to protect him and make it better and overcompensate at Christmas because his dad's not here, mm. you know, and yeah. um, I have to, I catch myself, I catch myself still doing it, but I'm aware that I'm doing it. Right. There's consciousness that I'm doing it. Yes. I am overcompensating right. here, period. Yeah. Yes. Love yes. that. And the awareness and the forgiveness and the like not needing to be perfect in every stinking bar that you can measure yourself against. Like, it's like, you know what, this year, I'm going to let myself do this. this is gonna yeah. be fun. I think we have to, because we are modeling for like, you have four kids at home, Mary, I have one here and I have two, you know, I have two, it's my daughter and her, her fiance adults that live nearby. And we didn't get the model in our growing up mm -hmm. years of what this could look like. They have, we have an opportunity here to create an imprint. Mm -hmm. And recently I did a talk at a high school. And before I do my talks, I, a lot of my work is around mental health and well-being um, and leadership. And when I did the talk, I give the kids sticky notes and I say, tell me, what are your biggest stressors today? What's your biggest stressor in the last you know, couple of days, weeks, months? And then I collect the sticky notes and I read them out. And the last time I did this talk, now I live in a very small mountain community, 
very small high school. Kids are all pretty high achievers in terms of like outdoor activity. You know, we're we're near Whistler. So they're skiing, they're snowboarding, they're mountain biking, they're climbing. And I was really shocked. The kids repeatedly said their biggest stressor was fear that they would not achieve what they're meant to achieve in this lifetime. Mm. And it brought me so much sadness Mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, you're 15, 16. You know, you have to be a kid. Yeah. So I think we have to model this imperfection. Mm-hmm. Right. Through the data. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. I think kids are under a lot of pressure in that way and to save the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was at a climate, a very, very peaceful, loving climate event this morning in my community and uh, like a little peaceful protest. And um, most of the people that were there were younger people, like probably in their 20s. There weren't a lot of people that were my age. I'm the same age as you, Mary. And there weren't a lot of people that were my age there. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Like, have we just given up? Mm-hmm. Have we passed it over to them and unconsciously we're giving it to them to fix and the pressure that that puts on them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We're in an interesting time. That's for sure. <laughs> And I ask a question of you guys. Yeah. So Mary, you said your word for 2023 is trust, your soul word. Yeah. What's yours, Erin? Do you have a soul word? Um. Yeah, it's sort of a Gemini, impossible to make a decision word. Um, I couldn't choose between flow and momentum, so it's momentum. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm not gonna make myself choose. It's gonna. Be I love that. I love that. What's yeah. yours? Mine is grace. Grace. Nice. Last year was integration. And I thought it was integration around my work, but I realized how much it was integration of my healing, Mm. really going into the spaces we talked about earlier, the really quiet, like stillness looks like I'm not doing anything, but there's so much happening. Um, And this year, I literally 2023 hit me with so much clarity. And as the clarity's come through, there's a momentum that's been created for me that I had don't have to do a lot of efforting in, oh, which I love. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, but it took a year of sitting in, sitting in the discomforts and the stillness. And can I swear? Yeah, like it's <laughs> literally sitting in the shit of life. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. it's a worthy journey and uh, mm-hmm. a difficult one for sure. Aaron, do you have something you're laying down and something you're cultivating? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Diana, you said, you said urgency at one point and I was like, Oh, that, that." (laughs) I think the the idea of what I'm um, I think I was sort of in resistance to physical things. So I've been, I definitely don't get credit for Marie Kondoing my life, but, but there's been a lot of that theme and a lot of it, that um, liberation and action. But I think the, it's the resistance of the things and the less conscious tension and resistance around like the simple daily stuff. This is the stuff that I'm putting down. So like if there was clutter in my life, I'd kind of resist it or resist thinking of like putting energy into purging, even though that, that always feeds me or there'd be, um, 
effort is the other thing. So resistance, effort, and urgency. So putting down, like I have a lot of work to do on my boat this year, a lot, which is saying a bunch. And um, I'm really excited about it. But like a month ago, I was able to look at it and go, how am I going to do all that? Like just looking at and, and, and from my left brain calculating the kind of energy resources, like what, how much of my fuel tank is that going to take and how, how long can I spread it? Because I'm not going to burn myself out. I've committed to not doing that. It doesn't matter how much fun or how much I love my boat or how I don't want to lose a single week of the season. All of that is resistance and all of it is effort. And I like totally turned it on its head. And it's such a great metaphor for me because it, it is something I adore. And I love doing work on my boat to come back to that feminine place of self-responsibility and into that void and, and, and knowing like I could, I could totally tear up knowing how grateful I feel to be able to steward this like 44 year old vessel. Who's amazing. I love her and I'm not going to burn myself out and I'm going to, like my, my goal this winter is to fill my tank way to overflowing. And when I get in the water, I'll get in the water and I'm going to be very responsible for that. So I'm letting go of like the resistance, the urgency, but really embracing that sort of um, ease and flow. So as I'm letting go of the resistance and the obstacles and the judgment and the effort around any of that stuff, just daily, right? Um, I'm really creating a lot of room for creativity. It's been about two or three weeks now. I don't know what happened. I think I stumbled across the soundtrack from Beauty and the Beast 20, 2017 when they remade everything. And I have been wailing show tunes, like singing, like I can't stop singing. It's ridiculous. I don't know what's <laughs> happening in my fifth chakra, but like I need to be creative and I think I need to be musical and I don't know what that's going to look like, but it's fun what comes up when you let a bunch of stuff go that you didn't realize how much of your creative energy was tied up in that. So I don't have any attachment to what's being created, but, but the most beautiful thing that I can tell is being created is space and ease as I let go of everything that isn't that. Mm -hmm. So expansion, responsibility, flow. That's my whole. I love I love that, Aaron, and I love the space piece. I can relate to that. I feel like a lot of what I'm cultivating is really just to create space around everything. Right. Um, yeah, because I feel like, and I also feel like creativity, right? Like, think that the feminine energy, like, right? It's really being called for and cultivated now. Our other, I mean, I'm feeling an incredible calling too. I've started playing music again. I sometimes just want to like draw and things I haven't done in years that I'm just like, when I ask myself, what do you need? This is what's coming up for me. Isn't it so funny? It's like the, it's creativity, particularly for creativity's sake. It's not like. Not I'm to produce anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. And it's like, I think it's being, like you said, it's being called for because it's vibrational medicine, not just for our own being, but for yes. everybody around us. And we don't intellectually like have an easy time measuring. Why would I put my, what? but it's, yeah. it's I love that you're getting that because yeah it makes me think about Brené Brown once made this comment when people used to ask her to scrapbook and she was always like doing doing she's like you go ahead and do your ART I have a J-O-B you know 
Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. So, and I think we're all just trying to move away from that because, like, we can have both, actually, right? Yeah. Because yeah. then, you, you know, you're suddenly on your deathbed and you're like, did I do enough? No, that's not what you think when you're there. <laughs> like, that's not yeah. That's not the thing. In 2022, there were a lot of people that I know that transitioned. And it really, I always find it such a gift to remember how short life is. And, you know, for anyone who's either stuck in suffering or um, is, is, has transitioned, um, it's, it's always helpful for me to remember like, oh yeah, it's magical to be here as messy and like crap as it can be at times we're accruing data and I have almost like a divine responsibility to experience as many different things and to give myself as much permission as I can as a single childless woman. I know that this only holds so much water for all, like all the parents out there, but like to, to give myself permission to have these experiences and to create for creativity's sake and to be joyful and connected and present and centered because I know that those vibrational ripples go out into the world. And I know that I'll die happily knowing that today, like if I die tomorrow, today I did this lovely thing with sisters on the planet and I walked my dog and I joyfully said hi to strangers. And, you know, did I do think I did some things, but those are like the things that I, I feel like there's, there's always a gift there when, we don't lose people, but when we, when we lose someone, I always sort of remember that sort of divine responsibility of like really being authentically present and interacting and connected and grounded and joyful just for the sake of being joyful. So, yeah, I love that Erin. And for both of you talking about creativity, I had a little impulse this week to consider taking singing lessons. And I have never considered myself a great singer, but I love to sing. And so interesting. And then, and then, um, and then Aaron, when you talked about like creating this vibrational energetic experience inside you, I could feel everything in me light up to my throat chakra. It's like, okay, I got to do this. Thanks, yeah, ladies. I'm going singing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so much vocal stuff, right? Oh, and when man. you talk about the body, I mean, I really believe we we get to be the stewards of this body for as long as we're meant to be here. And, you know, I always because I'm in the mental health wellness space, I always tell people we're not here to suffer and to work and to pay bills like there's got to be something more. And it's always about, like you said, Aaron, reflecting back, what would you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be able to look back on your life for? And it's so important to take time every day. What you described, Erin, through your experiences, I just call play. Take time every day to play. And I know if someone's listening and they're a parent of multiple kids, let's say four teenagers and working and doing podcasts and doing everything else, like it's so easy to get into that busy space. And sometimes play could simply be, you know, go outside and feel the sun on your face and yeah. watch the dogs or the kids play. Mm-hmm. Or enjoy a conversation with the, with a sister, right? Hop on a call with somebody, go for, go to that yoga class, do, do your run, whatever you need to feel wellness in your own system. Cause there's um, one of the things, what's that? Laugh. 
laugh. Yeah, there's it's so important to get the chemicals, the feel good chemicals in our body through laughter. And, you know, there's, um, there's a chemical in a peach, I think it's called ethylene. And it's a biochemical composition that comes into the peach when it's ready to be ripened. And it makes it juicy and ripened looking. And it happens in one peach on a tree. And the minute it happens to that one peach, all the other peaches get their chemicals stimulated and become ripened and juicy. And so, you know, when we talk about why are we here and why are we doing this, right? We're not doing this just for us. We're doing it for each other. And your your vision, when you put your arms out, Erin, you said like you get to bring this into the world. It's like, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And I know it's not always an easy path to get there and to see that and to remember that. But if we can remember the peaches and that we're all peachy, <laughs> and this is a peachy conversation, peachy. then we, we get there's the <laughs> radical responsibility, right? We get yeah. to bring this into the world. We get yeah. to remember, we get to remember who we are and who we are to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that vibration is powerful. Like, you know, we all know what it's like to stand next to someone that feels like sunshine. And we all know what it's like to walk in a room and go, somebody having a bad day, right? <laughs> we can yeah. feel it. Yeah. Or all the bad days and go, hang on, I got to go get some water. <laughs> and I think for, for people that it's hard to, to put yourself first, to give yourself permission, right? Just knowing that, right? We can only, you know, love and have compassion and joy for others to the capacity at which we can do that for ourselves, Right. For all parts for all parts of ourselves. All parts of ourselves. All parts. Yeah. All parts are called home. Yeah. I love oh one of the things Erin did the other day when she did my little brief reset uh, was to call like and I dropped in some different, you know, things, golden suns. One was like amusement, and I loved that, right? Because mm-hmm. we have to be a little amused by this journey, or the suffering will be great. Yeah. <laughs> I believe, right? It's a um, big big bit of um it's like suffering uh kryptonite you know even i think the the superpower i call it a superpower because in my experience it moves energy better than any other kind of energy um so when people are feeling stuck or when they're feeling resistive or powerless or heavy i always recommend like if you can't find the funny in the ridiculous, like some people have a Monday and then some people have a Monday and this isn't about judging and comparison. It's just like that all happened in one day. Like, are you going to write like a Glennon Doyle style blog about that? Because that should be written down. Like that is insanity. <laughs> if you can't find the funny in the ridiculous, like yeah. that's fine. Go to Netflix as a joke, go to, you know, whoever, whatever, fake it till you make it that you need to get that energy moving. Because once you do, like, like Diana said, all the, there's so many neurochemicals that do that, but energetically, it's just like, it's kind of Teflon. It's really hard to stick to you once you get that up. Mm -hmm. And when people are really in a, in a bind, it's hard to bring, like to have, to go play leapfrog with your 12 year old. Like they might not, you know, like that's just, that's a little too goofy. Like my brain can't assimilate that. Then you, you know, just go for amusement or go for something light. And, and then you, you get there so much faster. It's definitely a superpower. I love it. The veil can be thinner than we sometimes think. Yes. 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 Diana, did you clearly articulate what you're laying down and what maybe you're cultivating? What I'm laying down is similar to Aaron. 
Mm-hmm. It's um, and very specifically, it's the need to see it all curated on my terms. <laughs> so let's call it control. It's the it's the need to truly <laughs> to control life itself from my perspective. Right? I have so much unknown and uncertainty in my life, and you know. 15, 20 years ago, I knew exactly what life was going to look like every single day. And I don't know that anymore. And I I find myself in like, I can easily go back to the space of urgency and needing to manipulate to try to figure it out. And I'm choosing to put that down. And it's a daily practice. That's a daily practice. It takes that takes courage and trust and faith and grace. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And my I think there's a little to- similarity yeah. in all of it because even me, yeah. like living in the question rather than the answer, right? It's still just all leaving space for, for the not knowing, for the trust of the evolution of what comes into our path and aligns and flows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the outcome of it. When you put down what no longer is in service or is yours to carry, then you create the space. And we talked about this infinite wisdom and space that lies inside of us can only come when we can put our minds to rest and allow it life to flow in through us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, right. I think we all must, I've experienced a little of that. I, I think we all have probably at points in our life, right? When um, that has worked in our favor. Right. I think we've touched on it enough to have faith that if we could do more of that, then it would probably be a really good idea. Right. Or else we wouldn't be embarking on this. Yeah. 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 These good ideas. And then we just it's it's truly the practice of remembering. Yes. Over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That felt really good. And that was pretty easy. Yeah. And grace filled. I think I'm going to do more of that. Yeah. And less of this resistance and urgency and this other stuff that my mind wants to take over. I mean, truly, my body knows exactly how fast to go, where to go, how it wants to feel. And my mind often wants to contradict that. And yeah. so my practice is quieting my mind. Yeah. Putting down my, 2023, I'm putting down my mind. Putting down. Right. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, the practice is is um, good, right? I would say writing stillness and then writing for me is how I continue to remind myself of what it is I intend to do. How about you, Erin? As far as um, your practice ends and goals or? Well, we were just talking about like how it's a daily practice to remember what our intentions are of moving through the world. Like how do we tap in when the world pulls us out, right? When our power gets pulled, um, how do we show up every day? whether it's an everyday practice for you or not, I have to do it every day or. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I'm lucky. I have a very um, fluffy little uh, Jedi that reminds me to be in the moment and to not take anything seriously. Um, My little mini golden doodle. So I have that sort of crutch. (laughs) Probably saved me more time and energy than I realized. Um, I just, one of the, I have a, like a mindfulness intention in my kitchen. And just a couple of days ago, I put down some like gold flowery washi tape on the floor so that whenever I cross into the kitchen, I remember I'm like, oh yeah. And I call my energy back on my way into the kitchen because I want to 
really be intentional and get guided with respect to what my body needs, as opposed to going in there and you do not want to be in my way when I'm hungry. It is a bad scene. So like now to get to the food, I have to cross the tape, which is like, right. I love that. Great. And, uh, and I knock on wood, <laughs> but usually because I'm working with clients either on the phone or I'm teaching a class or I'm actually physically touching somebody. Yeah. My, my practice sort of gets rolled by that. Like, I'm much more likely to go off my practice when I'm on vacation and I'm not responsible for holding space for anybody. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, that's when I'm like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm worth my, my own centered groundedness. Centered, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, but that's, that's when I tend to hit those little growth bumps. Did mm-hmm. I answer your question? I hope. Yeah, absolutely. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I love that practice of the golden the golden glitter on the Me floor. Too. I can visualize that. And it's like, oh, where do I want to put some golden glitter in my house? Right. You so, just, yeah. I was t- talking about this. I was like, this is really applicable in a lot of areas of my life. I, really I know. I think I'll have one in every room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have um, that like, medicine cabinet. I've got like a bunch of post-it notes in there. I think along the lines of what we're talking about, I had one that I just put it like somewhere this year. It's like, what am I creating right now? Mm-hmm. which is part of that radical responsibility, right? And when you look at the, the quantum model and the vibrational reality of what we're doing here, what we're, you know, thinking or feeling and or resisting or fearing is a vibration. <laughs> and just that post-it note, when I open up my, you know, am I running late? Do I have time to pro- do it? Oh, oh, right. I'm creating tension and scarcity right now in my life. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's just a great little flag. Like, what am I creating? What is my vibration currently? So like mm-hmm. having the little reminders in love, not judgment, right? Judgment. Mm-hmm. So I have a reminder on my phone that every time I turn my phone on, I get this reminder. And the reminder is, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me release to be able to show up from love? Mm-hmm. And that's my my intention always and I need to see it as often as my phone turns on. I need to see it for That's that reminder. Yeah. I yeah. love Absolutely. it. Yeah. I think just for people listening, I think um, if you begin with one practice, and this is why I love mindfulness, because that was the beginning of the journey for, I think, many of us, it begins to cultivate this awareness. Some of the things that we're talking about might feel a little distant, um, but I think part of it is beginning to cultivate this awareness so you can hold witness a little bit to some of the things happening in your life, to some of the voices happening in your head that we often don't really think about. But once you the seed has been planted, you're suddenly realizing, is that myself talking or someone else, right? Or is that my, you know, so you begin to really hold witness and begin to really notice like what resonates with you and what doesn't, right? And as mm-hmm. Diana said, like, sometimes we see ourselves doing the thing anyway, but we're acutely aware. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it begins to change the whole experience. But any of these yeah. practices create new, new neural pathways, create a change in how our, our brains function so that over time, that space becomes created and mm-hmm. for observing and seeing and choosing the next right thing for you. And hopefully it's something that becomes more and more aligned. Um, change is inevitable change is inevitable transformation is a choice mm. and you know it doesn't just happen without something happening 
for something to happen, we have to change. Change needs change to happen. But it could be like 0.001 of a change. One breath. Eckhart Tolle (laughs) says, breathe in every, one breath is an entire meditation. And one of my chapters that I've written is breathe and everything changes because we understand the neurophysiology of the breath can make a massive impact in the body mind connection. Yeah. So going outside and just every time your nose feels the coolness, if you're living in Vermont or Canada, every time your nose feels the coolness, it's a reminder to breathe. Yeah. So mm-hmm. superpower. Very, very simple. Yeah. I was just thinking, Mary, when you were talking, the, the word consent came in really bright and flaggy. And uh, I think that that's, the key awareness is the key to like, even if we do it anyway, right. If we're like, Oh, I might make a different choice if I had my full fuel tank or if I had my, you know, more time today, or if I, whatever today, I'm going to do this, but next time I don't think I'm going to do this. You know, I'm not going to do it this way or I'm going to do this instead. Or especially when you're parenting, like immediately, you know, repairing whatever. But I think the, the awareness is the key. And then, once you have awareness, whatever your action is becomes consensual instead of reflexive. Yes. It's just bring, bringing yes. that consciousness mm-hmm. and you can do it in complete forgiveness, complete unconditional self positive regard, yeah. Yeah. but it's consensual. And then you're yeah. like, you're driving the boat. Yeah. One of the things that has been big for me in 2022, it's got to be five or six times. I've re-listened to the book atomic habits mm. in it, but um, it's a very easy left brain, you know, habitual behavior change primer. And it's so easy to listen to. And I don't read very much anymore. But um, I love because so much of what I do is um, helping women actually block time on their calendar for them, like unscripted, creative, healing, mindful, whatever. I'm like, you don't actually have to be like, go to the gym. But from four to five on Thursdays and Tuesdays, (laughs) You get to connect with your body and do whatever it says. Your only job is actually to breathe mm. and call your energy back and check the spark in with yourself. And like, what do you need? Do you need to watch Klaus? Do you need to go leapfrog with the kids? Do you need to walk the dog? Do you need to hit the gym? Do you want a bath? Do you mm-hmm. have somebody to make you dinner? <laughs> but if we don't check in, we don't. No. And, and just to block that time, like the atomic habits walks you through all these beautiful things, different ways. So I'm using like my left brain and my masculine, like all these beautiful resources he gives us to create behavior change around the feminine and around, Mm -hmm. you know, encouraging and giving very tangible (sighs) skills isn't really the right word, uh, tools um, for women to create that being time that um what did you call it diana that what i mean we're talking about space i guess because we don't don't block time for space that's not a thing (laughs) yeah yeah we don't we and it it just seems like a chore to be able to do it and Mm. sometimes that time as i'm moving into creating more conscious awareness of my feminine space and needs and and um yeah, just really what my body longs for in that space. Sometimes it's just simple movements, like really slow. And as I do that, sometimes tears will come up, I'll put on just the right music. And as I allow my energy to move, what needs to move through it happens so effortlessly. 
And I did this practice on New Year's Eve and my son came up and knocked on my door and said, mom, what are you doing? I said, I'm dancing. And he closes the door right away. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, And it's so important to take that time. Like you said, Aaron, ask your body, what does it need? So my realign protocol for my realign practice, I have a signature practice. And the last thing on it, it's an embodiment practice. We go into the body, we tune into the various parts of ourselves, we Mm. acknowledge, we breathe, we love it all. We go into inspired action, we go into gratitude, not at the beginning, but near the end, because gratitude Mm. can be a spiritual bypass. But the last thing in that the realign the end is what do you need? Yeah. Mm. And as women who have been so conditioned, our left brain is so powerful, Yep. And it's good, like it got us mm. to where we are. Mm. But this part of receiving and even knowing what we need, it's mm. a really tough question for the women that I ask. Yeah. And so that that in itself could be a practice, like you said, like Thursdays, Tuesdays, four to five. What do I need? And in my experience, most women don't know what they need. Mm-hmm. They're so out of touch with what they need because they're so used to serving and helping others. Yeah. And even if, even if it's going to the gym, you know, you just go to the gym and you're doing and you're driving and you're still pushing and you get to bed, never really checked in. Yeah. And we go, of course, through years and decades of of that. So my goal is like, you know, use these fun left brain tools and habit stacking and, you know. Yeah. It's definitely a deconditioning. Yes. And it's a little bit undoing. Like you guys this all the time right in your practices mm-hmm. like yeah. the, cog- the cognitive dissonance that comes up when high functioning especially high functioning um empaths <laughs> women who have just learned how to just drive organize what did they say about you before they said cold this this person diana oh, I, I, organizedly, oh, organized yeah. professional yeah put together well managed competent yeah confident. so like, we're just busy doing all that yeah and there's no room for like it's it's baby steps I've I've been learning how to take people through the baby steps like what do you mean what I need what what does that even what like why would I create room in my schedule for that sort of thing and it's mm-hmm. like okay well how about you look at it as options at this point in your life you've done enough to deserve an hour of unstructured whatever the heck you want time mm-hmm. And it might look like you're doing nothing. And in that nothingness, there's so much shit that's coming together in a beautiful way. Sometimes it's all we need, right? Coming back to nothingness. Yeah. What would happen if the whole planet like stopped for 30 minutes at the same time and just like checked in? Like what would even like, it blows my mind to even consider vibrationally what that would represent, but I can measure it. Yeah, it'd be cool to measure for sure. It would be cool to measure. Yeah. Well, I so a couple things. One is that if you want to go through that um your realign, you actually went through that in, uh, quite specifically in the uh episode Radical Responsibility. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that with Diana. Um, I also and and and, and I I so I want to take a uh, thank you both for all the sharing. I think we could talk for like a long time, but I, what I'd really like to to for you to share is how people could reach out and work with you and what you're offering. I know Aaron, part of what you were talking about is a course offering that you have. So if you each want to speak a little bit to how people can find you and what, what's going on for you right now that you'd like people to know about. Sure. Do you want to go Aaron? Sure. 
I'm happy to. I was like, I'm excited to hear about your book and congratulations oh. on that. Yeah. Um, my, I have a really neat little Venn diagram. I had a couple of people come in recently who thought I was not practicing anymore um, oh. as a chiropractor. And uh, it's just funny how things get telephoned through the community. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. No, I actually, I keep expecting as I do more of this energy work and, and am into teaching these skills, these sort of like life energy hygiene skills now. Um, I keep thinking I'm going to, fall even a little bit out of love with like body work and I I am not at all and I'm getting such a kick out of the fact that I enjoy it at maybe more than I ever have which is really saying something so I have like my clinical practice in Vermont and then I do um one-on-one -on -one, um healing intuitive healing sessions with people that are um, reportedly quite transformative doing all sorts of different types of consultation and holistic um energy work which is great and now I'm teaching so my next course I think is offered I think I'm going to start it the third week of September it's called servant to sovereign and I'm teaching uh professional women how to really up level those boundaries and that awareness and um being able to really own their space I think that word sovereign came up while we were discussing earlier um between um, I think it was something that Diana was saying and then Mary as well around just being able to own and hold your space for you. I find it's something even at really high levels um, that a lot of us women don't know how to do. So it's just, I think this first year, I'm really just going to focus on that demographic and really helping move that needle for people who impact a lot of people. So yeah. it's been amazing. I have this like, I'm like, I have a three-legged stool and I love every leg. So, <laughs> awesome i'm feeling feeling really blessed for sure that's so great yeah. so people can oh what's that i love the term sovereign i was coaching a woman a couple of months ago and everything that she was speaking to longing was to step into her sovereignty and then literally the next day she did something that was not from that place and she called me and she said what what, what should i do and i said well what would your sovereign self do and she had the answer right away mm -hmm. so i'm so glad that you're bringing that in erin i yeah. love that thanks diana it's so great. And people can find your, your through your website. Is that the best way, Aaron? Yeah. 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 Dr. Aaron is probably has links for everything and um, it'll send you right to my clinical practice if you want hands-on stuff. And, okay. And we'll, we'll have links in the show notes. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks you. It's delicious. Okay. And how about you, Diana? What are you up to? Yeah, this year seems to be coming together with a lot of ease. So what a lot of people don't know, if I, I've spent and I've retired from a speech language pathology role where I was a consultant, primarily with nonverbal children for 32 years. So I'm bringing that consultancy into my work now. And 2022 was all about how do I bring my speech language pathology, strong communication skills, yoga teacher training program, coaching program, speaker and author into one deliverable so I don't have to do so much. I want to do one thing and integrate them all. That was my integration word. And so this year it's come out fairly effortlessly where um, my my business is still called Realign to Thrive, but the program that I'm delivering under that business name is called Regulate to Communicate. And Regulate to Communicate has seven pillars that when we can self-regulate what comes out of us and what goes into us from ourselves mm -hmm. is it creates and leads to being able to collaborate, to innovate, to relate, to elevate, to integrate, to educate, and to eliminate. 
And I'm working primarily with leaders. And by the way, I think we're all leaders. And the question is, one of my trademark terms is, are you a leader who gives a shit, which means a conscious leader. (laughs) And I'm bringing it into um, organizations, healthcare space, and not surprisingly, education is pulling me in because that's where I spent 32 years. So I understand the culture. Um, I love how Aaron, you said that you're doing energetic hygiene. And what I say that I do is emotional hygiene. Mm -hmm. And I do it again, not just for us, but I do it because we when we can bring that into our own systems, and I talk about emotional energetic systems. So we're doing the same, same thing, just different languaging. When we can, when, when we can really care for ourselves, we have greater capacity to care for others. And it's always for that last day on that last breath, when you look back on your life, and you say, what am I leaving behind? It's not everything that's stored in the garage or in the bank account. It's the number of hearts that you've touched from a place of love. Um, My book is coming out in 2023. It's in editing right now. I met with production team today. I'm biting my nails, waiting for feedback. Um, Heading to LA in a couple of weeks, doing a personal development, um, like uh, on stage for personal development. And um, yeah, things are just kind of like showing up and unfolding. And it's only because... I'm sitting back and letting it happen. Mm. So I still do work. Like I still have to reach out and make those phone calls and create the programs, sure. create the presentations. Um, you're doing the sovereign place and super guided. Yeah. And very clear. Yeah. The clarity has been really important for me. Is it me or would you say that that costs you less doing the same work from that place of surrender and space? Oh my goodness. It costs it, me so much less in terms it, of my energy, my space, my bank account. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love and, that. Yeah. And, and I'm trusting, you know, I was going to run a yoga teacher training program in this new community that I'm in in Squamish. It's what I've done for 15 years. It's easy for me to do. I love doing it. And it's not filling up. And so I'm like, okay, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It's okay. This mm-hmm. is where the other things are calling me. Yeah. And I was just on a call with someone who's in the healthcare field and they want me to come in and they have like a really big grant to bring health and well-being. And they want this perspective, which is a blend of neuroscience, because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a neuroscience geek and spiritual philosophy and mindset practices and um, a lot of relational work. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of cool to see it happen. So I'll keep you posted. But yeah, my book is the big thing coming out. And I don't really know the name. But If I was to say the name now, if I was to say the name now, and I'm going to look for feedback, it's how to turn your shit strike through love Mm. on top into purpose. Mm. Because so many people talk about let's turn in personal development. The big thing is turn your pain into purpose, turn your mess into message. Mm. Well, I don't want to project pain and mess into the world. I want to project love. So Mm. instead of saying, turn your shit into love and put that into the world, it's turn your shit strike through love into your purpose. Mm. A guide to cultivating an awakened conscious heart. Mm. Love that. Love that. I love your modeling of ease and transformation and guided flow. And uh, yeah. it's a, a level of surrender, right? On a, from a brain that has mastered so many left brain things, just really integrating, having come in out of your integration year. I love that you're modeling that. I appreciate it so much. Mm. Thank you. It's beautiful. I, um, Yeah, I think healthcare is in a recovery stage right now. So um, as many of us are, but I think they're starting to realize that. um, Oh, 
And I, I do, I appreciate you too and all that you're doing. And it's so nice when people have like these really clear guidelines to follow, to move through a transformation, right? And um, so these two lovelies are full of offerings. So reach out if that aligns with you and thank you. Thank you for sharing um, your journey and sharing your 2023 um, newness right? Thanks so much, Mary. It's such yeah. a, it's always, you hold such a lovely space. And yeah. I knew this was a great conversation. And it was so fun. I mean, I wish, wish we were like sitting around a table or lounging in some comfy sofas. Yeah. By the fire, but it felt that way. It felt like just a really nice conversation because it's so beautiful to talk to you both. So thank you so much um, for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. And I want to say, I always like to end my, my, my conversations with this concept that is so in my heart that in your presence, Erin, mm. in your presence, I feel very supported and I feel wisdom mm. and Mary in your presence. I feel grace. Mm. Well, thank you. Wonderful. That's a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much. Oh, thank uh, you. Okay, you guys, thanks for being here for another episode. I really hope you enjoyed that. I had such a good time. And yeah, this um, internal family system stuff really has me doing some deep dives on some work. I might actually do a separate episode in that. Um, And around talking about our pillars of health as we go into this new year and how really important that can be for our fundamental health and well-being. And Sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be a big wow. It just has to, as we said in this episode, be a small shift in the dance to create this, this, the change that we're looking for to support us on our journey to flow with the changes that are coming and see where they lead us um, with an open heart, that pulsating open heart. Um, just a reminder, I am going to be growing my um, author writing course, um, Yoga and the Art of Writing, and that's coming up in March, so keep your eyes out for that and reach out to me if writing is something you'd like to be doing. Um, and I have this other offering, Reviving Resilience, for people walking beside uh, folks struggling with addiction. If that's uh, something you'd like to work with me on, finding your way back to health, let me know. Um, I do one-on-one coaching, and I will be hosting a local offering here in Burlington soon. All right, you guys, have the best day. Um, be sure to check out Aaron and Diana and all that they are offering, amazing women. And if you felt like you aligned with one of them, you will not be disappointed to do some work with them. I've worked with both of them. Amazing gifts. Amazing. We all need people in our court, in our arena that are there just to hold us up sometimes, to find the space in our life to evolve into the fullest, most beautiful version of ourselves. All right, find something to celebrate today. Don't forget the power of the plants, and we'll see you next time.